Well, hey, good on you for coming out today. What a day. I just pray a double blessing on you for every bit of rain that you had to fight your way through to get here this morning, eh? No, I think we're in the best time. I'm really believing that this morning will be a time of blessing, that this morning will be a time where fears are put to flight, where strongholds are broken over people's life. Amen? And so just to give you a clue on what we're going, we're going to kick it off with the first clip from, actually it's from The Hobbit, okay? And uh, we're doing the whole Lord of the Rings Hobbit thing this morning. Thanks, Ash. Okay, so who can guess what we're talking about this morning? Oh, some bright people over here this morning. Well, good on you. Death, right. Some, what are some of the imagery? There's a rich imagery that we see in that clip, right? What are the, some of the things we observed there during that funeral for the king, Thorin? Sadness, yeah. That sense of loss. It was subdued, right? Grief. Apprehension, maybe. Yeah, these are the, typically the words that we associate with death, right? But you know, the funny thing is that we serve a Savior who has defeated death in Hades, who holds the keys to death in Hades in his hands, who went down, defeated death, rose again, and promised us the same. Am I right this morning? Well, come on, tell me, am I right? Yes. So how is it that we still have this fear of death. That fear still grips us when we talk with the subject. You know that two-thirds of people living in the UK don't even want to broach the subject of death. They don't even want to discuss it. They want to know about it. A recent survey I was reading 
in there. So what is it? You know, in um, Thessalonians 4, 13, 14, it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So it seems that one of the keys here is to not be uninformed. You know, one of our greatest fears around death uh, or around that is the fear of the unknown, right? The fear of what punishment may lie for us. And um, there's nothing wrong with having a fear of the unknown. We, uh, we learn as kids, it is not a great idea to put your hand in a hole when you don't know what lives at the other end, right? Okay, that's generally a bad thing to do. It is not a good thing to leap off a bridge into a river that you don't know how deep it is or what's sticking up below, right? We have a natural fear or reservation about the unknown. And that's like a survival thing for us. And that's all good. So if that's all good, how do we overcome a fear of the unknown for death? We do it by tearing away the mystery, by pulling apart the veil. Because I tell you what, this death is a defeated foe. Amen. Do we know that this morning? Death is a defeated foe. Death lives in the shadows, works in the shadows. And as we begin to shine the light of the gospel of truth upon those dark areas, all fear starts to leave us and go as it's revealed the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you give me a good amen this morning? Amen. Okay. You know, there's something that is appealing to us. We, we love the stories of heroes that overcome death, right? Or the, the fear of death. You know, we love the sagas and the stories about the hero that rises up and, uh, and puts away his fear of death and overcomes the enemy despite, you know, the odds. And that's why Lord of the Rings is a popular story. It's a little hobbit goes running around the place, you know, staring down great evil, staring down great evil, and in the end has victory, right? We love those tales. Uh, let's have a look at one of these here. Uh, there's a clip here from Lord of the Rings. That's very cool. Just in case you don't know the story, all right, that is not a good sight. That is the, the enemy out there. They're outnumbered many to one. Um, Yodin here has brought his, his horsemen. They're going to try and do what they can, but you know, it's not looking good for the good guys at this stage. There's a few fellas you don't want to take home to mother.
cut it there. If you want to know how the battle ends, you'll just have to get the movie. Sorry, we haven't got time for the whole thing today. But um, isn't that great? Look, doesn't that stir the blood? There's something about heroes that overcome, you know, the fear of death and to do something good and great. And yet why is it that in our own story, so often we hesitate to be the hero? We find it difficult to play the hero when it comes to us overcoming death and destruction, isn't it? There's something insidious about the fear of death that gets into us, even though we know John 3.16, right? Get with me. What does John 3.16 say? For of the world, if ever believe. Okay, so that bit in the middle was whoever believes in him, right? Now that is you and that is me and that is whoever. No one's left out, right? So our faith in Jesus is the thing that saves us. We know that. We know it's written there. We know the gospel, right? Why do we hesitate? I'm going to try and unpack a couple of our fears this morning, okay? The first one is this fear of the unknown and that fear of this eternal punishment. You know, we, um, we know, we can know with absolute confidence that when we die, there are two judgments that we're going to face, okay? Are you ready for it? Now, if you're like me, I hate taking tests. My uh, daughter suggested the other day that um, all people over 50 should re- have to redo their driver's test, their theory. I was like, no, 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 no. That is the worst idea I've heard in ages. I would have almost no chance of passing that. So I hate taking tests, right? But I'll tell you what, the way to make sure I can pass the test is to give me the test paper beforehand, right? If I can read the test paper, I know what I have to do, then I got a shot, right? Then I'm guaranteed to pass. What I want to do today is to give you the test papers, all right? I'm going to give you the answers today so you can be very confident of passing these tests. So the first test is called the Great White Throne Judgment. Revelation 20, 11, 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book over here was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they'd done recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead that were in it, and the death in Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each person was judged according to what they'd done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, the lake of fire that is the second death. If anyone's name was not found and written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire, okay? This is a serious test. This is not a test that any of us want to fail. Amen? So here we've got the picture, right? There's a stack of books. So Alex is coming before the throne. It's his time. There is a stack of books over here that has everything written about my life. Good, bad, thin, ugly bits, all the things that... Now, I do not want those books open, right? And if, if I don't know Jesus, then I'm going to face the judgment for every evil deed that I have done. On this side is the Lamb's Book of Life. And what happens to those whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? These other books never get opened. Why? Because our Savior paid the price for all the sin. Everything that's contained in those books is irrelevant because Jesus paid the price. How do we make sure that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Let's have a look. 
Romans 10, 19. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's say that together. You will be saved. Absolute assurance, okay? Let's couple that with John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we pull those scriptures together. What is it saying? It's saying, if I love the Lord, if I have surrendered my life to the Lord, I, I accept Him as my Lord and Savior, I accept what the sacrifice on the cross as payment for my sins, uh, if I live in relationship so I know Him and He knows me, I am guaranteed that my name will be in His book and I will pass that test. I never have to worry, never have to have another fear, another doubt, absolute assurance that Jesus is my Savior. Amen? Are you with me this morning on that? Okay. So now what about the second judgment? You're like, oh man, we just passed one test. Why do we got to go to another one? This is a cool one. We use the term judgment. It's called the, um, the Bema, judgment. But in reality, it's more like an award ceremony. It uses a similar language in the Greek to, to the Olympic athletes that would, you know, they would complete the race. And then as they complete the race, they receive an award for how well they ran during that race. And this is where Jesus says to me, okay, Alex, what did you do with the life I gave you? Yeah? What did you do that's eternal, that has eternal value? What's the, the gold and the silver that's not gonna be burnt up? You know, did you spend your, all your time just gathering riches, living for yourself? Or did you actually get out there and reach people? Did you spread my good news? Did you tell people about me? Did you lead people into salvation? You know, did you do, did you, whatever you did to the poor and the, and the meek and that Jesus says you did for me. Those are the things that are gonna be recalled at that stage. Now, everybody that gets to that stage is saved. Not a question of that. But this is about the reward that we receive. This is where we present back the life that we have lived to our Creator, the one who first gave us. Amen? That's going to be an exciting day, don't you think? Man, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be cool. Oh, one guy down. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. All right. To pass this test, if you like, all we have to do is to be able to answer that, that question. Lord, what did I do with the life you gave me? You know, let's make sure we got plenty of stuff to celebrate with Jesus on that day. Amen. Okay, let's talk about another one. Fear of loss of control. Anybody uh, know what I'm talking about this one? Anybody like to be in control? Yeah? Well, you know, facing death can be a real experience where you lose control, you know, and it's a natural thing to be afraid of. I think my worst moment of loss of control was uh, in an airplane about 300 meters off the ground uh, with the nose pointing up and the tail pointing down, the airplane shaking like this. The pilot uh, has lost it. He's got no control. He's punching the instrument panel. Um, people are screaming, and um, it's not good. You know, our colleague, who is a is a pilot, qualified pilot, an American guy, was with us. He leans across and he says, "Guys, there's no getting out of this. We will die." That's a moment of absolute loss of control. You know that there's nothing you can. My young Mongolian colleague was um, saying, no, no, tell me again. I've only just believed for a little while. Are you sure I'm going to heaven? Like, sorry for you guys. You've been believing for, for a while, but me, I'm not sure. 
Lisa, cool as anything, she's got out a tape recorder and she's uh, recording a message for her parents, believing that somehow that that tape will survive in the wreckage and that will be a comfort to her mum and dad. And, that. and me? Now, I'd like to say I was real cool and calm at that stage, but the reality is I decide to have an argument with God at that stage. Like, I am fighting mad. You know, I'm just angry. Like, eight years we prepared to come to Mongolia. We've been there three months, and all that time we've been learning the language. So, like, what is this about God? I'm like, this is not the plan, you know? I had a plan to come to Mongolia. I was going to save the Mongolian people, and I was going to be used mightily, and I was going to, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I. And, I, and uh, what's wrong with that way of thinking? It was about I, right? It was all about me wasn't asking God what his plan was, wasn't ready to surrender control to God. Now jump forward nine years, and um, I'm up in the mountains of Nepal during the, the civil war there, and uh, we've been trying to get into an area where we could bring food and relief, um, medical things to children. We'd heard that these children were starving up there. We went up to meet with this Maoist leader, but unfortunately he had been rotated out and another leader had been appointed. And this area commander was angry. He was so angry, it was like spit was coming out of his mouth. You know, he was just furious. He was accusing us of being an American spy working for the CIA and all this kind of stuff. And um, so he says, well, I'm going to execute the both of you. You're both dead. Okay, this is um, not how we planned this was going to play out. And uh, what, to make matters worse, he pulls out a hand grenade and he's got a card table and he slams his hand grenade down on the table and it bounces around and then he keeps whacking this table with his hand and the grenade keeps bouncing around and you know a normal grenade will have a, a split pin and a safety bail so there's two things that have to be removed before you chuck it and it pops this guy's got a rusty nail hanging into this grenade right and each time he bangs the table the nail is flopping around so i'm not sure is the grenade going to kill us all first or is he going to get to execute us you know and it's like a race between the two what's going to happen first and um, as he comes over and he chambers around, ready to shoot me, all of a sudden, this peace. Because in my heart, I'm like, okay, God, if this is it, this is it. You know, your will be done. Whatever, you know, you know best, I'm in your hands. And I remember as he went to, as he went to shoot me, um, I remember this prayer. It was like, here I come, Lord. And it just this incredible And then the next thing happened was, like the Lord just started to download into my head. And time stopped. And the Lord was downloading into me all the things that I needed to say to this man to get him to change his life. And I started to speak the things that the Lord had told me to say. And that and he put down his gun. And uh, actually, he opened up, that whole area opened up. We, we established a base of operations there. Thousands of children were fed. Um, medical teams came through and it was a huge success you know the work in there all because God was able to turn that situation around amen um, oh we survived the airplane thing too by the way that was another miracle God put a couple of angels on the tail it uh, made it come right it was I don't know how the pilot doesn't know how it, it righted itself we we flew on a 45 degree angle all the way to Ulaanbaatar for an hour and he managed to successfully crash land it there and we all lived so praise God for that one too um, control as long as we want to maintain the control ourselves we will have a fear of losing it 
day that we turn that control over to the Lord, that we surrender our life and say, Lord, you now, you are in the driver's seat of my life. Then as we surrender that, God's peace, which passes all understanding, even in the midst of such a stressful thing, God's peace can enter us. And that's our experience. And we no longer strive and struggle, but rather God gives us a peace, no matter what our circumstances, to live into that peace and dwell in that peace. Amen? So surrender and control. What about fear for our loved ones? It's very natural, you know, that we, if, if we're going to leave this earth, what's going to happen with our, with our spouse, with our kids, you know? But I'll tell you what, marriages until death do us part. Children are heritage from the Lord, but they're given into our hands for a season. Ultimately, they are God's. And we know the word says that the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, are plans for good, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That's for our children. And just because we may be coming to the end of our earthly plan doesn't mean that his plan is not there for our children and for our spouse in that. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. It doesn't mean that we can't trust God with their future, that God loves them far more than we do and is far more trustworthy than we are in terms of looking after them going forward. We can trust God and we can trust His plans for our spouse, for our kids, for our family, are good plans, plans that we can have confidence in even if we're not around. Last one is this fear that as I shed my earthly body, that my identity and my, my purpose and everything else sort of disappears at that time. Someone's going to hand me a, a harp, I'm going to sit on a cloud and do nothing. I don't know. Yeah, nah, not me, man. <laughs> it's not me. That's not how it is. But I'm going to let Gandalf have the first word on this one. Death is just another path that we all must take, yeah? And it's not the end. You know, we read in the book of Revelations of great and momentous events that are going to take place. Jesus will return to rule again here on earth, riding on a white horse. 
There will be a new heaven and a new earth. These are massive things, the biggest things in the history of mankind, since the fall of mankind. And you know what? You and I are going to be right center in these events. The Bible says we will be ruling and reigning with Christ, that we will judge the nations. There is work for us to do in eternity. Rather than lose ourselves, we will find our full self. Our full self will be revealed in all the glory that God created us to be. And we'll have work to do, and we'll have purpose. I love what Paul said when he was coming to the end of his life to Timothy. For I'm already poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Who's longing for his appearing this morning? Come on, are we longing for the appearing? Are we longing to rule and reign with Christ? Is that our destiny? Is that what we're created for? Is that the legacy that we go forth into? Absolutely. One thing, one caution I want to say. As believers, we don't long for death. Okay? Just make that really clear. Right? To take our own life is to step outside of the will of God. To cut short the purposes that God had for our lives. And I'm, I'm a strong, passionate um, rat, we call writer against teenage suicide. We do everything we can to raise awareness, okay? It is not cool to take your own life, but it is cool not to fear death, yeah? And not to be bound by it and not to live in that fear. And, and you know, let's live life to the full. Let's live it to the max. Let's do everything we were created to do. We are beings that, are, that were created to do far more than what we see Jesus doing. That's what His Word promises us. Amen? To put aside those feelings, Amen. Let's embrace the salvation which is uh, which so richly given to us by Jesus. And we're going to do that this morning by gathering around the communion table. You know, this is the way that we remember and we celebrate what Jesus did for us, for His death on the cross, for what He won for us, so that we may know that our name is written in His Lamb's book of life. As we gather this morning, let's take some time to consider what that means for us. Let's take a few moments quietly to thank Jesus for His sacrifice, to thank Him that our, our names are written in His book. Let's take some time this morning to Think of those sins, those things that we've done that we should not have done or those things that we should have done that we didn't do. And let's take them to Him, ask forgiveness, receive forgiveness. Prepare our hearts to receive His body and His blood.